As a social worker, you can become an advocate for those who can't. Earn your master's in social work degree online to learn strategies to connect diverse populations with the critical resources they need to improve their well-being, whether it's in a hospital, community service agency, or another setting. What do you think making a difference as a social worker looks like? GCU offers over 250 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It was of him that the ancient prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem and all of Judea and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to the baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. To say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now, the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. Chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I've followed my tradition, usually when I prepare a homily for Sunday, I start on the previous Sunday night and read the scriptures, and then during the week I read some commentaries to inspire me and educate me. And then when it comes together, I always say, it's up to the Holy Spirit, what comes out of my mouth. I did my job, now it's the Holy Spirit's job. And I was not completely at ease this week preparing these readings. I, I love the readings. I mean, they, you're going to talk about them in a second. The magnificent reading from Isaiah talking about this peaceable kingdom that we as a community are obligated to set up on earth. And of course, Paul's letter of encouragement, and no one can say too much about John the wild man in the desert. He, he, this comes across as very 
low-key. John, he had camel hair, leather belt. That's nice. We wear leather belts. We don't wear camel hair. As a matter of fact, someone this morning had a, an artificial jacket, very much like John's would have, but it's artificial fur. She made sure she told me it was artificial fur, um, but very much like John would have worn, but he wore camel hair, and it wasn't clean camel hair. Just imagine, you know, he just cut it, wore it, all this. So he's a wild man in the desert, and he shows that aggravation when the Pharisees are coming to the Jordan River. Now, a little hiatus this past year, I was in the Jordan River, and the community of pilgrims that I traveled with did not get baptized, but they had the opportunity to renew all of our baptismal promises. So I stood in the Jordan River, the same river that John stood in as he preached. But he was, a pre he was preaching uh, repentance, change of heart, metanoia, and th therefore, he was aggravated when the Pharisees and the Sadducees come forward and they say, oh, you know, do us too, baptize us too. And he said, who told you? Who told you to be ready, my words, for the vengeance of God? You've got God's vengeance on your side. And don't give me, John telling the Pharisees, don't give me, oh, you know, we're ancestors of Abraham, we're holy people, because John says, God can raise up the stones to become ancestors of Abraham. So he's very clear with what he's doing. He's preparing through repentance to get ready for the way of the Lord predicted by Isaiah. So these are the readings that we'll talk about in a second. And I usually don't want to do this, but I, it, it came forward that I should also say that today is my anniversary of priesthood. I didn't want to make a big deal of that. You know, everybody's had anniversaries, wedding anniversaries, baptisms, all that anniversaries. And I, I, when I asked the bishop, Bishop Casey, in 1973 um, to get ordained, he said, what date would you choose? And he opened up his calendar, and I said, how about December 8th? He said, okay, 10-15, December 8th. Never forget that conversation. So 10-15, 46 years ago today, I was ordained by Bishop Casey in the Patterson Diocese. And I chose that date for two reasons. One, my devotion to Mary. I mean, I was raised in Holy Rosary, Queen of the Holy Rosary Parish in Jersey City, New Jersey. I went to college at Seton Hall University, and the chapel there was the Immaculate Conception. The first seminary I went to was the Seminary of the Immaculate Conception. The second seminary I went to was St. Mary's in Baltimore, from which I got ordained. So Mary has been following me around, and she's been with me. And in my family tradition, Mary was very important to us. We had a shrine of Our Lady outside the house, and every time we had a procession in the city, uh, and we were a very, very close ethnic Italian community, and People would stop, bring flowers, donation would be made to the church in honor of Mary. Today, we begin Mass by blessing the statue of Mary in our sanctuary. And it happens to be, again, see the Holy Spirit, I, I, if you trust the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will act through you. And the Holy Spirit will give you the message we need to get to the next day. We've got to pray. We've got to be close to the Holy Spirit. So, okay, so I'm not going to talk about my ordination. I decided, but God decided otherwise. And then we come here 
And I realized, as I stare into the sanctuary, the statue of Mother Cabrini. Now, in my household in Jersey City growing up, Mother Cabrini was very important. She was the patron of immigrants. My grandmother, when she came over to the United States, how many years ago, met Mother Cabrini. So we always had a shrine of Mother Cabrini in our house. We prayed to her for special intercessions. I remember one time, Billy upstairs, we lived in a three-family house, Billy was sick. He had scarlet fever, he was very, very sick. And my mother lit a special candle in our home to Mother Cabrini, gave me money, said, go to church and light another candle, because the church candle was probably better. <laughs> go, go light a candle to Mother Cabrini so Billy gets better. I did. I did what I was told. Billy was not Catholic. He got better. And Billy and his mother came downstairs and expressed their gratitude to my mother for asking Mother Cabrini to intercede. And they believed she did. And I believe she did. So here I'm celebrating my 46th anniversary at the church of Mother Cabrini. I mean, there's no, there's no coincidence. I could have been a St. John's. I could have been at St. John's today, but Father Baker asked me to celebrate here. He didn't know all the stories, of course. But we're here during the season of Advent, and I'm looking at these readings, and I'm saying, God challenged, I'm going to say me, but he challenges all of us to be Isaiah's for people, to, to proclaim God's liberty and love to people. And through my ministry, mostly my ministry, has been with uh, young adults, college kids, for 31 years, and before that, uh, five years at a high school, Catholic high school. So all my ministry has been working with young people. And of course, with the young people come the families. And the, the, I, what I loved was when I built the chapel at the university, William Patterson University, the kids came forward, of course, you know, the church is there, the kids came in, we were on campus all the time doing outreach and social work and bringing them to nursing home and bring them to soup kitchens. And eventually some of those kids decided they want to become Catholic. I didn't know they weren't all Catholic, but that didn't matter. And some of them who were Catholic wanted to be confirmed. Okay, so with that comes the families. So our, our chapel, our little chapel, that was about the size of this maybe, seated 100 people, was filled every Sunday with not only the young adults, but their parents. The young adults were the John the Baptists. They were the people who were pointing the way to their parents and grandparents. And how many grandparents thanked me for bringing their kids into the Catholic Church? It wasn't me, it was the Holy Spirit acting through the ministry on campus. So all of us are challenged by the Holy Spirit to listen to the words of Scripture. And today we're moving toward, yeah, we want to say we're moving toward Christmas, Okay, that's the calendar. We're moving toward the coming of Christ. Yes, calendar-wise, it's symbolically presented as December 25th. But the reality is, Christ is coming at the end of time, but we don't know when that is. Christ comes to all of us as we move along. He comes to us in the scriptures. He comes to us in the sacraments. He comes to us as we, as we have coffee after Mass and socialize with each other. He comes to us when we feed the poor. Last night in Manhattan on, on uh, uh, Times Square, there was a, and a, it's a worldwide event, a sleep-in in honor of the homeless. 
It's sad that we have to do that to bring the plight of the homeless to awareness, but thank God for those people who did that. And thank God that we can serve the homeless and we haven't done it well enough yet. The fact that they're there, there on our streets. But this is what Isaiah is encouraging us to do. To bring the word of God through every rough terrain that there is. And that must have been rough for them last night. It is rough for the homeless to sleep in shelters or on the street. Our job is to reveal God's glory. Sometimes through food. Sometimes through imitation. Sometimes through gathering clothing. The list goes on. But you know what a person needs. It doesn't matter if that person is homeless or has, lives in a castle. You know, we all know, what a person needs. Love and shelter and prayer. Isaiah encourages us to make every rugged road straight. Because as we help, in this case the homeless, as we help those who are hungry, as we help those in need, we are helping Jesus Christ. He came to us. And Paul reminds us of that in his letter this morning. As we are told, everything is to be solved in a certain way, but the Lord will come to us when we least expect him. So when we are helping one another, according to the words of Matthew, according to the words of Isaiah, we are helping Christ. The body of Christ is right here, our brothers and sisters. We, as John was, are voices crying out in the desert. Prepare the way of the Lord. If you are lining up for a great deal, if you're going online and buying wonderful gifts, if you're decorating, putting up an Advent candle or a Christmas tree, we're doing it to prepare the way of the Lord. So the gift I give is honoring Jesus Christ. The love I express is being expressed to and for and on behalf of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here preparing. No, we're not on behalf of the children. Yes, we are preparing for December 25th. But we who know the faith and are rearing the children in the faith are preparing for Christ's return in glory. And don't wait for it. It's here and now. He's with us. He's with us in the eyes of the poor. He's with us in, in the begging of the hungry. He's with us. And Isaiah made no bones about it. He was a little wild man. But you know what? He made the point. Don't you politicians stand up front and think you're going to make your way into heaven. He's talking to the Sadducees and Pharisees. But many of us could be talking to our own political representatives. Because you need to put your words into action. Now he's speaking to the Pharisees and, and Sadducees, but he's also speaking to us. We need to put our words into action as we prepare, as we light, as, as we gather for Christmas season. Our words have to show evidence of what we're all about. We're not getting ready for a baptism in the channel. We're not getting ready for a baptism in the Jordan. We've already been baptized. 
The challenge has already been placed before us. And Isaiah today reminds us we can follow his example to Jesus or we can fall into the category, as he calls them, a brood of vipers, phonies, who don't follow the words that they say they believe. When Isaiah established his reading that we beautifully read today from chapter 1, he spoke about the origins of Jesus before he ever came on the scene. You know the story of Jesse, the family tree of Jesus, started with Jesse, who had seven kids. One of those kids, David, became the ancestor of Jesus. You know the story. What happened to that family tree? From the stump of Jesse, what's left over, a blossom comes. From that family tree that looked like it died off, because all, the, all the, the kings of Judah disappointed God. The political system disappointed God. The religious system disappointed God. But from that stump, a blossom will come. A bud shall blossom. And who is that bud? Jesus Christ. And what is Jesus Christ? The person who comes in the strange form of a human being born in a stinky stable. And who is that Jesus Christ? Someone upon whom the Spirit of God rests. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding being delightful in the presence of God and knowing God's life in him in himself and holding God's life in such awe that we call it fear of the Lord. But don't read Jesus here. Read ourselves. Read ourselves. We, those who are baptized into the body of Christ. And as, as John said, I'm baptizing you with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that's where we are. People who have been baptized into the Holy Spirit and fire are called to be a light to the nations a spirit of justice and counsel and strength for one another. People who are, hold God in awe. That's what we're doing here as we move toward these four weeks celebrating His human birth on earth. We're here in the spirit of Isaiah, in the shadow of John the Baptist, together preparing the way of the Lord.
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you wish to renew your baptism? Okay. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh no, I just want to spray. Okay, thank you. Renewing your baptismal promises. In the name of the Father. She only wants to sprinkle so she's going to get a special. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hey, we aim to please. What is it? Okay, I'll come up. Um, sprinkle. That's right, they can go down here. Yeah, put your feet where mine is. Okay. We renew your baptismal promises in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You choose to renew your baptismal promises in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> You renew your baptismal promises in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lydia, is it on there? Lydia, okay. I don't have to do nothing, just shoot it. How are you doing that with this? A light sprinkle. You know that ain't happening. A light sprinkle. Light sprinkle. You renew your baptismal promises in the name of Father. Son and Holy Spirit. I'm bless myself and my father, Son and Holy Spirit. Okay. Ooh, one more. One more. Okay. You renew your baptismal promises. Sprinkle. Sprinkle. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And look, one blessing for. Um, Holy Ghost, Creator You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition. 
by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.